What's up, y'all? This is Chris Kane here with the Unofficial Therapy Podcast. Thank you for tuning in once again. You guys have been awesome uh, with your feedback and just encouragement. So thank you. We're going to keep this going. Uh, This is going to be a fun episode because this is about something we all have. So I think we can all find some relation to it. Um, I didn't know what this term was, but someone mentioned it to me recently. I'm happy they did because it really encapsulates what this is. So I recently have been triggered. I'm using that word in air quotes for y'all can't see me. And I didn't know what that meant. Like, like I guess specifically what it meant. So I had to look it up because I wanted to make sure I wasn't just talking sideways. So to be triggered in a psychological sense means to cause a strong emotional reaction of fear, shock, anger or worry in someone, especially because they made to remember something bad that happened in the past. That's more of an informal definition, but essentially something happens that makes you think about something in the past and you react in the present. And this is something we all have. This is essentially what baggage is, right? Um, If you dated someone that cheated on you before, you're dating someone new and you think they might be and you just kind of fly off the handle without all the evidence because you're like, I don't want to be in that situation again. Um, it's not as graphic as that. Sometimes it's just as simple as, you know, someone cutting you off while you're talking and maybe you feel disrespected and you just fly off. Like, you're not going to disrespect me. You kind of have that kind of situation. I have many things from my childhood that I'm still wrestling with and growing from. And I think overall, not overall, overall, I think most of them have been uh, cataloged and worked through to a degree where it doesn't inhibit my life for the most part. Um, I'm still not great at swimming, but I've taken swim lessons a couple of times and I'm not afraid to be in pools. I just, I just can't swim that well. All right. I'll put it out there. <laughs> as stereotypical as that might sound, me and the water don't mix and I've tried, I've spent money to learn how to swim. Still, I still don't got it. Um, I'm real good at leaning against the wall in the pool, though. Real good at leaning and kicking my legs out, splashing people standing up around the pool. I'm real good at that stuff. I can't, I can't really swim. And, um, and that's from something that happened when I was like four. And so when I'm in the water, that thing still pops up a little bit, but I've gone well past where I used to be where I couldn't even be in the water. So that's the biggest fear, trigger kind of thing I have. But I've discovered recently because of two incidents that have the same parallels that I have another one that I didn't know was this strong because it's, it's causing me to um, to pop off when I shouldn't be. I'll give you guys the context for it. I know you guys are sitting like, what are you talking about? Um, so I work at a gym, which is a pretty informal place to work. So we can talk we can curse, talk politics, you can talk sex, all that stuff. For the most part at the gym, as long as you're not like over the loudspeaker being obnoxious about it. As a result, a lot of things are said, a lot of things are said in jest. People get their feelings hurt, they get over it. We kind of go back and forth. But I recently had a conversation with a member about a certain tool. This is like a recovery tool. And the tool itself is effective but noisy. Like the motor that powers it is loud. And its competition is not as powerful but a lot more quiet. And I was asked, which one should you get? And I said, well, I have the more powerful one because it's the best on the market. But it is loud. 
and it has limitations because it's loud. So if you want a quieter one, get the quiet one, right? That's that's the biggest thing. If you want the stronger one, you deal with the noise. Very simple conversation. He was asking legitimately. Um, just give him a back. Just give him a, a breakdown of everything. So the next day, I was using said tool, the louder one, on a coworker of mine, and it was loud because I. It is. It's just the motor's loud. I can't muffle it anyway. And he was working out, and he made it a point to in front of you know most of the gym and a bunch of my coworkers and make a point to say, "Man, that thing is super loud, bro." And I was like, "Yeah, I know." I mean, wow, man, it's loud. I was like, I got it, dude. And he said maybe one or two more things to the effect of being loud. And instead of just being like, dude, let it go, which is probably how I should respond it. I, you know, said some choice words to the effect of, we discussed this, you and me, less than a day ago. WTF, man. Like, what, like, what are we talking about? You and I talked about this. Remember when I told you this? And he was like, yeah, but you didn't tell me it was just loud. And it, 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 what it felt like was he was trying to like play me or embarrass me because we had a one-on-one conversation where we discussed all this. And then it was like, man, I didn't know it was like that, bro. Damn, I can't even work out with that noise. And it just, it hit something where it was like, well, dude, if it's too loud, get the other one. What the fuck? Like it was that, that was my reaction. Get the other one then. What are we talking about? It's too loud? Okay, get the other one. It's all right, <laughs> They they won't lose any money. They're going to be just fine. And more than that, you and I discussed this. Why are you trying to play me in front of my people? It doesn't make any sense. And and again, these this pop-off or whatever was momentary. This whole thing lasted for legit, like my end of triggering or triggering or whatever, lasted for maybe 15 seconds. It was, get, it, get the other one. We discussed it. You remember that? What the fuck? What the fuck? And then it was done. Like he walked away. I kept doing my session. And it all like subsided, and then and, and afterwards, people came up to me like, "Man, you looked, you know, you're pretty intense, man. I never really seen you get fired up like that." And I was like, "Damn, man, I lost my cool for a second. because I generally don't let things get to me. I'm pretty apathetic about most things, and I don't talk to that many people about things of substance. So I just kind of move through things. But that definitely hit a spot for me. And I didn't know why it did, because it was. As I'm telling you the story, some of you are at home like, this is harmless. Why didn't you just be like, all right, dude, yeah, it's loud. I told you it was loud. Blah, 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 move on. Why is it that you had to pop off at this guy? And when I look back on it, it sounds dumb that I was triggered by something so so simple, right? Like, And it's, and there was no like pre-existing beef between us, right? Because I know some of you are wondering that. Well, maybe you just don't like the guy. It's like, I've never had an issue with this person. But this just fired up so I, I thought that was a one-off okay it's a one-off you know what man you popped off it's cool you're normally pretty composed it's okay to get a little hot under the collar from time to time then today i had a second incident different person um i was standing around with a number of co-workers probably five or six of us in a space that can probably hold two or three so it was overpacked, and uh, a member was trying to squeezed by our crowd so as a unit we're being pretty obnoxious and we're we're in the way there's no other way to say it and um i was the last person to join the pile there are already like five people five six people there and i came in late so it wasn't like i started the pile but i definitely was a part of it and i guess someone tried to walk by and they bumped my backpack but i didn't feel it but whatever and another co-worker saw it and said hey man 
um, you you hit that guy, you almost knocked him out. And I looked over my shoulder, and the guy was walking down the hall. I was like, oh, man, I didn't feel or see anything. But, oh, I just kind of brushed off. He was already walking away. He didn't make a scene, but the coworker was talking about it. And I was like, oh, I didn't see him, but my B. And then he kept going. He's like, yeah, man, you got to be got to be aware of the space, man. You're taking up all the space. And I was like, it's cool, it's cool, man. He's like, I'm just saying, man, you know, keep your eyes up, keep your awareness up. And I was like, after the third one, I was like, are you, are you fucking serious? How many people are around us right now? There's six other people, including you, standing in the same space. Go fuck yourself. And I walked away. That's, it was, it was that quick thing. He then, he, he came up to me a few minutes later. He was like, yo, I was just joking, man. I don't know if you got my tone. Because um, he wasn't smiling when he said it. He was just... He was being an antagonist purposely, but he wasn't. He wasn't smiling. It wasn't. It wasn't obvious. That it was a joke. It felt like he was trying to play me, but whatever. Um, he's like, "Hey, I didn't mean anything by it, man." But you know, you can't talk to me like that at work. And I was like, "Well, look, don't try to play me, man. Like, we're all in this hallway. You didn't say, hey, guys, we're in the hallway. We should move.' Or, damn, y'all, we're taking up all the space. You came at me while everyone else was standing there. I would have no issue if you said, "Hey, guys, we're in the way," because we were." And I would have been like, yeah, yeah, dang, I hit that guy, man. I'm sorry. I would have like found a dude and apologized. But when you single me out and a group of other people standing and doing the same thing, it felt personal. Even if it was a joke, it was rooted in some truth. And so I said that. Now, the go fuck yourself thing is just, I say that flippantly. It's just something fun to say I say to my friends. But I guess that's some East Coast stuff. On the West Coast, that's pretty much like, you know, saying, <laughs> saying Santa Mama joke. So he was like, this guy's going to fuck myself. He was very upset. And I was like, listen, that's not even, that doesn't mean anything to me for real. Like the, the verbiage of it, but you know what? You said you were joking. I didn't take it as a joke, but if that's what your intent was and I misread it, then my response was out of line. This is what I said. My response was out of line. I thought you were coming at my neck. You said you weren't. My B, dude, it, you, you didn't deserve that reaction if you didn't come at my neck. And... um he was like, yeah, it's cool. We shook hands. He said, it's cool. You know, just, you know, you just came at me pretty hard, man. I said, hey, I'm sorry, man. Whatever. And we walked away. Now, we'll see going forward how this affects the work environment, but whatever. For the moment, we talked face-to-face, shook hands like men, said we're good. So, as of now, we're all we're square. We're squashed right now. But um, as the rest of my day went on, I was like, man, why did I pop off about that? And I was like, it was the same kind of things. The public thing gets the the perception of somebody trying to play me or trying to call me out out of my name and I was like man I shouldn't I shouldn't react this way it shouldn't be hitting me this hard like this is a a brush off hey man you're in the hallway yeah man what are you gonna do I got a big backpack on man I could just walked off it really didn't take much but for some reason it hit something and the way guys talk to each other is is awful we we come at each other hardcore. We you know tear down each other. We can't be complimentary for the most part. And so I get coming at people. I'm a comic. I come at people all the time. But it's usually obvious I'm being comical. And I think what it is is if someone's my friend, they can say virtually whatever they want to me. You can come, I've had my best friends tell me to f off and you're an asshole and blah blah. blah. I've been told all this by my friends. And there'll be a momentary, I guess we're not cool thing. And then we just keep moving. But they know me. They can come at me a certain way. And I don't feel any kind of way about it. I think when I don't know someone, for real, like, we, like we're not cool, and you're coming at my neck, it almost seems like you're too familiar. And I don't know you like that, for real. 
And so I push back, maybe as a way of establishing a boundary, because they can't hurt me verb but words. I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, you can hurt people with words, but those words don't actually hurt me. It's, it's, it's an annoyance. I don't feel like they're going to come at me physically, so I'm not physically afraid. And they're not really saying anything that's objectively offensive. But for some reason, it's coming to my ears like, this this dude think he know you enough to just come at you like that. And in public, with people that you, they only know you for real. Uh, I don't know the origin of this trigger. I wish I did. So I can, you know, kind of backtrace and, you know, work through it. But I've had time for the rest of the day to kind of sit with the moment and think about what happened in both situations. In both situations, I was perfectly calm before. And didn't have a crazy day. Had good breakfasts. Didn't have any grudges. It was just... And it, and it was quick. It was like instantaneous button push. It wasn't a crescendo kind of thing. It was like, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, well, dude, get over it. What the fuck? Like, it was... It just happened. And um, listen, I'm sure some of you guys have the same thing. Right? Somebody can just say your name wrong. Or someone can... I don't know. They can just come at you a certain way. It's almost like when you... When someone first gets hired and they, I don't know, going for like the hug or something too early and you kind of pull back like, what? No, you're not going to hug me. I don't know you. Oh, that's just how I greet people. It's like, well, that's cool, but you're not going to greet me like that. I don't know you. So this has obviously been bothering me. You guys can hear even in my tone and tenor that it's something I've been wrestling with, trying to figure out the origin of it. Um. Because that's the that's the goal. Most of, almost all this stuff comes from my childhood. As a kid, I was, you know, super nerdy. So I'm sure there are plenty of times when people were making fun of me in class, and I just like cried and left, ran out of the room or something because I didn't have the wherewithal to just sit there and be like, "That's cool, y'all just jealous." Like I just took whatever insult it was and just kind of absorbed it. And so I don't know. Like I can't think of a particular story. I mean, it may just be that. Just the daily. You know, people laughing at me, four eyes, four eyes, because kids are unoriginal. <laughs> and um, I just don't want to feel like that kid again, that little nerdy kid who raises his hand in class and gets the answer wrong and everybody starts laughing at him, even though they were trying to better themselves. Like, I don't know if that's what it is. I know it's a contributing factor. I don't think it was one particular story that that brings it to that point. But now that I know it's a trigger... Because it's happened a couple times, um, different people, different situations. You know, obviously you want to backtrack it. Once you do that, then you have to start. You have to admit that you're wrong about something, which is hard to do, especially for a dude. Um, women, just to your credit, you guys are better. I guess in like the, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it, like that part. I never heard a woman really admit fault for like some real stuff, but like short for like little things. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't. My bad. Like women are good about the guys are just like. It's almost like this is so much machismo and all that stuff. Guys are really hard to like admit. My bad, dude. Legit, I was wrong. It's like I'm sorry you took it that way. That's how guys apologize. Well, I'm sorry you was offended, but really it's not like I'm sorry for what I said. So, I've had to admit fault. In both these situations, and to both guys, to be like, hey, my bad, man. I came at you a certain way. You didn't deserve that. This is on me. I misread the situation. 
and obviously it hurts to like stomach that pride and you know give give that energy back because literally 10 20 seconds earlier you felt like they were an enemy and now you're having to like ask for a truce you're the one initiating when you thought they were the enemy and um but you have to be a big enough person to admit you're wrong because if you don't admit you're wrong then you just perpetuate the problem and it kind of keeps snowballing where you keep being triggered by something without admitting the fault that something is bothering you there's a button there and you're not even acknowledging there's a button you're just talking to the, about the people who are pushing the button right so you gotta admit you're, you're wrong and then you gotta start working on how to get past it in my situation there's always familiar people in california <laughs> as a state californians are pretty loose with their emotions and everybody wants to be friendly and People think they know you better than they know you because everyone's trying to get something from other people and it's very usury. And so um, there'll be a situation, probably in in very short order, where someone says something that I could deem as them trying to play me. And then I have a second, I have a third chance, I guess. (laughs) I failed the first two. I have a third chance to right the wrongs I've been making. I can react differently. They may even be trying to play me. It may not even just be, "I'm I'm triggered, blah, blah, blah. They may be trying to play me for real. Doesn't mean you have to react a certain way. It just means you're, I guess, more justified and acting the way you did. But you'll have the opportunity to right the ship. And you can never undo what you've already done. Like what I said to the member and the coworker, those things are out there. And I'm hoping they don't linger and be awkward and make work awkward and uncomfortable or whatever. But they're there. It's already been done. You can't take it back. Going forward, though, for sure... If someone comes at me a certain way, you can work past it. You don't have to react a certain way. I found in my situations, if I take a, a beat, like a moment to breathe, I tend to be less impulsive. And I think this is true in, in most things. Usually if you're being triggered adequately, it's the, it's the hit button and then reactions or eruption is maybe a better way of saying it. But if they hit a button and you take a second you have that split second to evaluate whether you want to erupt, whether it's worth it, what the consequences are. And I think if you can do that, you're less likely to act the way you've acted before. Because now at least you're doing it mindfully. So if you think, I think he's trying to play me, how am I going to react? As opposed to, what did he say? And it used to pop off. If you pop off even after that evaluation process, that just means you want to fly off the handle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I get it. Sometimes you just want to pop off. You may be like, he's probably don't mean no offense by it, but whatever. I'm about to, I'm going for the neck. You may feel that's necessary, but at least then you're mindfully doing it. And both my reactions, they weren't mindful. It was like an auto response. I think that's the scary part of it. So they hit it, I reacted, and said, why did I do that? That's not what I, that's not what I want to put out in the universe. Oh, man, I messed up. That's how I have it on my end. And so just like... We, we, we preach this in food. A lot of our clients um, have eating issues in some, in some capacity. And usually it's, we say, like, monitor your snacking. So let's say you're watching a, a sporting event, the World Cup, for instance. It just ended. And you got a whole table full of Chex Mix. Very easy snack, very cheap. We all like it. And you just, like, reach in the bowl, shoveling it in your mouth. Bowl, bow, Chex Mix, whatever. 
If you're really into the game, 20 minutes of that game, those checksmiths are gone. You've eaten them all. And you'll, like, touch the bottom of the ball. What happened to the checksmith? You ate them all because you were eating them without any kind of awareness. You were just reaching and just throwing them in your mouth like a pelican. Just But if you had them in front of you at a table and you were eating it, like, just I'm mindful of eating it, you're going to eat way less or at least have to be cool with the reality that, well, this is my fourth handful of Chex Mix. <laughs> Do I feel cool about, you know, the 900 calories of Chex Mix I just inhaled? Like, is this something I can live with for real? And if you can, then, you know, good for you. You like Chex Mix. But you're less likely to do that because you saw the amount of food you're putting in your mouth. And that's the name of the game. That's one way to kind of regulate food. And this is some therapy for people who are struggling with food. But that's what I'm seeking now is mindfulness in my reactions. Be a little bit more metered in my responses. There will still be things in life that people do that set me off. Because there's a lot of dumb people and there's a lot of oblivious people and people who really maliciously want to kind of get a reaction out of you. And so this is not something you can do and just be like, all right, cool, I'm good for life now. But for sure, you can be better than you've been before. And I'm saying you be better. I can be better than before. If you're dealing with the same thing, you can insert your name for my name. But it's something that I think is worth working on. Because who knows if I'll be triggered in the wrong atmosphere. I've been lucky. I've been triggered at work with witnesses. It hasn't gotten physical. No one's gotten fired. And so it's really just been me and the dudes in our new normal communication. But this might happen in the boardroom. might happen during a business meeting. It might happen during an audition. It's hard to know. And I don't want to be in front of some execs. They say something that makes me feel some kind of way, and I lose control, and I, you know, screw myself out of an opportunity. Like, oh man, he's such a cool guy, but perfect for this role. But he just you can't control himself. You can't have people that angry on a set and per off a rough rump. Like it's any number of reasons why you won't get a, a job. You don't want to lose a job because of your temper. Because overall, I don't have a temper. And it's, it's it's something I've had to work on. I had one growing up, and I think on some level it's always there. My mom has a notorious temper. And I think seeing her be consumed by that was something I wanted to actively avoid. Because it doesn't lead to anything good for her. It's just her being angry at stuff. Um, and now she's in her 50s, and she's still like a very angry person. For the most part. She's also very chill. Um, but I was a really angry kid for a number of reasons. And as I've gotten older, I've gotten a lot more even, a lot more level. I don't want to pick my battles. When I'm angry, I'm angry, but usually well-reasoned and well-justified. And so as a result, I'm a happier person and more even-keeled and you know, more likely to talk an issue through than just start flying off and throwing stuff. Like I think that's unreasonable. So there's still things to work on, though, and... I guess that base of having anger issues as a kid and stuff is still there somewhere. It's just buried beneath all this reason and adultness <laughs> that you accumulate as you get older. But the core of that is still there. And so I think that's what I'm wrestling against because 
when you really break down what anger is, it's usually some kind of fear attached to it. Like you're afraid of losing some kind of resource. You're afraid of, in my case, kind of looking weak publicly. I'm afraid of someone taking they can take advantage of me. I don't know. Like it's, but it's a fear thing. That's the root cause of what anger is. And so, if you can get to that root, what are you, what are you mad about? What what's your fear here? Then you can kind of work around it and hopefully be a better version of yourself going forward and have less things that trigger you and you know you can have better relationships and when people try to offend you you don't let it get to you until they really get to you like they talk about your family you know your religion I guess whatever then you gotta you gotta, you gotta let the motherfucker know sometimes <laughs> but um thank you guys for tuning in this has been therapeutic for me today I had to get this out in the ethos so you guys can hold me accountable in real life when I do this kind of stuff. And um, as always, thank you guys for tuning in. And again, if you have your own triggers, past relational, family, siblings, whatever, I would I encourage you to look into what those things are because you never know when they're going to pop up. They're like earthquakes. <laughs> They just wait below the surface, and then right when you think, ah, oh, I got that control, you don't. And it pops up, and, you know, it can cause some situations. So I encourage you to be aware of what those things are, try to work on them, and let's continue to grow as people and be better than our past. All right? See you guys next week. Deuces. Mm-hmm.